Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Jack. What's up, man? It's uh, overcast, and the forecast is rain. We just saw a picture, you know, uh, outside, video on ESPN, too. Um, Yeah, like for like a week or two. And there's no escape from it. Even if you look uh, 100 miles away, it's uh, rain every day. We're above ground. We're breathing. Everything's good. Yeah. Everything's good. Watched yeah, the NBA draft last night. It's a morbid way to look at things, actually. Well, but no, go ahead. It's actually it's a very positive low. way You say to look there's at a lower standard. Because no, no matter what happens, if you're breathing, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Hopefully. Right. You know? Yeah. But NBA draft was last night. I had a lot, a lot of nostalgia last night. How? Why so? Well, because obviously I got drafted, mm-hmm. you know, back in 2002. And being you were second. the first Lily, Push, Lily Pushin yeah, to get be drafted. The, the Lily Pushin. Lily Pushin. <laughs> You know Gulliver's Travels? He goes to Lilliput and all the Lilliputians are around him. Oh, wow. That's what it looked like with Yao Ming. Oh, so that was a slight. But guess well, what, Matt? It's, it's, that was a no, slight. actually. It was a slight. That well, was yeah, a slight. Oh, yeah, a little bit. But, but it's so basically because of this picture. I'm so, trying to lead them to a picture I want to so see. So then my slight back is, yes. but I got drafted. You did. I <laughs> so, went undrafted. So like, that's true. So all of you that talk trash, if you don't get drafted, then what, what can you say? I, that's <laughs> true. I went undrafted. However, Jay, yeah. above ground. Above ground. Yes, above hey, ground. So there's they, that. They perspective. Another day above ground. There was, was, I was above ground that even day. Even the outfits yes. last night, though, Max. Like yes. for me, like I had the tuxedo on. I was ready for a party, mm-hmm. right? It was like Talladega Nights. Like going to visit Jesus. Like Jesus at a party, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what I'm, you want to do. So like last night, seeing all the – Grady Dick, I don't know what he was wearing. Red I don't know what outfit. that boy yeah. was wearing. Mm-hmm. What was that? I liked his attitude about it, though. Oh, it was – but by the way, I mean, even getting drafted to Toronto, right? Like – Guys who are ready to play, like it makes it like Christian Brown. Like there are certain players that come from like championship backgrounds. Where you're like, yeah, okay, like being coached by Bill Self, ready to give, ready to understand what it's like to be a pro. Like I got that swag to me. It's different too nowadays because the college system was such a star making system back in the day, and now like, oh, he's played two years in the G League on the you know Scoot Henderson, or this one came through, or this one's overseas, and it used to be you knew everybody just about because they spent multiple years in college. That's the women's game now, right? Because that's where the money is for the women is the the NILs in college, and so the, the women's game in college is seemingly, I, I you know, it's interesting. The, the WNBA draft, by that logic, should get increasingly interesting as time goes on. But I just found like the, like this draft after the first few picks. Well, let me back up. Wembenyama was the first pick. That was the, and, the pick. Let's and, be honest. and I started out by asking, is it title or bust for him in San Antonio? I think the answer is yes, Jay. Yeah. I think the answer is yes. And, the and that's reason, okay. The reason I say that is other – like – I made this point the last couple of days. I was thinking about it. I think the best indicator of what kind of a career you're going to have among the heavily hyped number one overall picks is how hyped are you? It's, the, it's counterintuitive. You think, well, the hype, and then you find out what happens. But actually, the two most hyped players ever entering the draft were Kareem and LeBron, the two of the three greatest players who ever lived. And then the most hype that I can recall after that was Shaq, and he's right under them. And then the most hyped after that, to me, would probably be David Robinson. And he's right after Shaq. And, and Wembanyama is coming in, I would say, with probably more hype than Robinson, probably comparable to Shaq. Maybe not quite at LeBron or Kareem level, but something like that. I mean, I, when you have a guy like that at the top of the draft, he's supposed to win a championship. And he's supposed to do it, by the way, on his first contract. In other words, with his original team. 
which usually means within the first six or seven years. What do you mean on his original contract before he gets extended? Or leaves. Or leaves. I'm not going to say before a rookie extension. No, no, no. That's four years. Right. But what I mean is it's always been set up in the NBA where you have to leave so much on the table, money on the table to leave, that no one ever leaves before year six if they insist on a trade or year seven as a free agent. They sign that first extension and then if they're going to go somewhere. So I always think of that little window with the original franchise for a number one overall pick as between six and seven years. But I don't think it's shocking to say if you have a pick that is considered to be a generational talent, that it's overwhelming if you put the expectation that they should win a championship. But so it's not always just on the player, though. So much of it has to do with the roster construction and front office, Max. Like, it works together. Going to a good one. They're going to a good, he's going to a good organization. I hear you. I mean, Michael Jordan, right? Like, one of the the best to ever do it, mm-hmm. okay? Killer mentality 24-7. Like, it took Jerry Krause to surround him with the right pieces. Like, we were talking about draft classes, an and you see where, well, yeah, well, guess how Jerry went about doing it, though? Like, Scottie Pippen got drafted by Seattle. Like, mm-hmm. Jerry actually said, no, we're going to get a guy like that to compliment you. So having somebody that could be a visionary that can see it around you to surround you with the right pieces to win a championship. But it even goes back to, like, that's what makes LeBron so special. Like, LeBron dragged some teams to NBA Finals without having that visionary behind him. You know, I was thinking about this. I, probably in a response to a tweet that our show sent out, someone brought up this as part of the argument. I remember the other day when we were talking about the most influential players ever, and I was arguing LeBron. Part of his influence was player empowerment, and that did affect the on-court stuff because he went to an organization, Jay, that didn't put the right pieces around him, that didn't, like, much like MJ wouldn't get him a single other all-star. He's like, how much can I do without another all-star? And if you're not going to get it for me, then I have to go out and make it myself, right? That had a huge influence on the game. Wembanyama is going to a franchise with one of the Mount Rushmore head coaches in Greg Popovich, a guy who has won multiple championships with formerly first overall picks who were also bigs with that franchise, who went outside the box at the time, overseas, who, who unearthed uh, uh, players and found players and, and helped make them into all-stars. So I would say Wembenyama's probably in the perfect spot. Of course, you're going to go to a bad team. You're, you're the first overall pick. But especially, and then the question becomes, how many more years does Pop have coaching? And can he find the replacement for him the way Riley found Spolstra? Well, look, I mean, R.C. Buford is one of the best players in the game. Obviously, Brian Wright, the GM for the San Antonio Spurs, a a really good upcoming talent. I mean, you're surrounding him with all the right pieces. And I actually like their core. And look, I said it yesterday in first take, Max. I I think he's a guy that's going to have – people are questioning whether, like, you know, how would you play him? So – I don't think you're going to see Gilbert Arenas the other day was talking about on, you know, No Chill on his show. He was saying, well, you know, the only two guys that have to guard him are Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. And I'm sitting there saying, well, you're wrong on that. You're going to have 6'8", 6'9", you know, forwards that are going to – that's how they guarded him overseas where they're going to try to get up underneath him and and be extremely physical with him. And he will question like that – that build, when he talks about, look, I don't need to lift weights. I'm like, all right, but you are going to need to put on sides to become a better low post Little player. fire hydrants underneath You're going to yeah. have to try. You have to learn ways. You're going to have to put on some sides here and there and some muscle to learn how to combat that for the guards that get up under – the small fours that get up underneath you, especially when you try to play on the perimeter. But, 
Like I'm expecting this guy to average over 20 points per game his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting him to get you, you know, double-digit rebounds because of his size and his activity that he has around the rim with his length. And I'm expecting him to get you, you know, three to four block shots. Maybe be one of the leaders in the league with block shots per game. So like, he's going to put 20, up those 10 type and of three. numbers. Twenty ten and three. Or to me, what to me, how I think of that is in a range between 18 and 22, 8 and 12, and 2 to 4, right? Like, something like that. So if he wound up with 18 points and 9 boards and two and a half blocks as a rookie, I wouldn't say that's a disappointment, as, especially if he's having an enormous if, – if those numbers aren't empty calories, if so they so have a big impact. LeBron, his rookie year, incredible rookie year average, 21 points per game, 6 assists, and 5 and a half rebounds, mm-hmm. right? I mean – one beat out Carmelo Anthony for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Like so, if you're, if you're seeing LeBron James's usage rate, right? Obviously in that Cleveland team, and understanding how to play a Paul Silas, right? Rest in peace, right? You got a guy who has Greg Popovich, who has a skill set where you can utilize him in so many different facets of the game and a very high volume pick and roll game. He is going to get different looks. He is going, and and by the way, people talk about well. He's going to play a lot more games. You know, he's playing 50 games now overseas. He's going to have to learn how to play 65, 82 games. I'm like, okay. But he's also going to the team that has eventually, essentially invented low management. Right. It was Pop. Not quite. Pop is the guy who's like, we're going to play 72 games this year. I want you guys to be ready for the playoff run. So a guy who's already coming into it saying, here's how we're going to utilize you. Here's how we're going to best prep you and get you ready for the long haul here in San Antonio. The real test will be. Does he like even Kareem? I meant you, you're bringing up LeBron, the other guy as hyped as LeBron in his day. There was less media. Who was more hyped, LeBron, or you think? That's what I'm saying. It's hard to compare because there's so much more media in LeBron's day than in Kareem's day, and there's more media now than when LeBron came in. See, I still so, think LeBron was more hyped I, than Kareem. I think LeBron was the most hyped player in the history of the game. Kareem I firmly, uh, maybe, maybe. I don't want to get bogged down in that. I no, would no, say no, that. I, I hear you. But, but I mean, it could about, be, but Kareem We're was. talking about hyped players. Like, yeah. I hear you, but I was saying the reason why I think LeBron is because of the social media age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of That's all That's why I'm together, looking at it in there. I'm trying, their, I'm trying to make time. it apples to apples, you so can't. I'm doing it in their time. You can't do it. You can't do but, it apples to apples. No, you, but, but you, what you can do is look to, compared to their contemporaries and how much hype they got. And even Kareem didn't win in Milwaukee until he played with Oscar Robertson. Right, and then he got one. You have to basically pair the best big you've ever seen with the best guard you've ever seen to get one. It's so hard to win a championship. They're going to have to build around Wembanyama smartly um, over time. But the question will be, especially in year one, in a league now where ten teams are still playing out of fifteen, are still playing when the season's over. Are they going to be in the plan? Are they going to still be in his first year? Yeah, tenth. Can they be 10th instead of 11th? No, I wouldn't say they're going to be a playoff team. I think they'll be close. Play-in team? Play-in team. I think they'll be close. I'm not saying they're going to be a play-in team. So I, I would say at, if they're not a play-in team this year. Because I think of the depth of the Western Conference. Sure, but if they're not, then, then the following year, they got to make at least the play-in. Yeah, yeah, now you're in yeah, year two. start building. What does Chris Paul do for the Warriors in the West? Where are the Warriors in the West now? No Jordan Poole, but they have Chris Paul. Is Chris Paul going to stay a Warrior? KJM. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, former Brooklyn Nets executive with us now. Morning, Bobby. Good morning, guys. How are you? What's up, Bobby? So we're just, you know, obviously talking NBA draft. Before you even get to Wembanyama, what's your biggest takeaway? I liked what Dallas did. I really did. I thought they made an effort... um, to go out and get two defensive players and Omax Prosper from Marquette, um, Derek Lively from Duke. I mean, this is a team that ranked in the bottom for field goal percentage at the rim, um, needed a paint, uh, paint protector. They get uh, Lively. They went out and got Rashawn Holmes, um, who didn't play in the Sacramento series, but they get another center. Um, they move off the Burton's money. Um, so I, I actually I liked, I liked what the Mavericks did last night. So, essentially, you can make the case that them tanking at the end of the season helped them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought – I was – I said – and I was – listen, from a front office perspective, (laughs) I was all in. Yes, exactly. (laughs) From from a fan perspective, that – like, considering what you owed New York, you know, with that pick, and they had boxed themselves in such a corner, um, you know, how they build the roster, they – yes, for what they did – uh, paid off for that. Yeah. So I, I thought last night, obviously with the top three picks, it was good to see the Thompson twins go back to back too. Um, but it kind of went according to the way I thought it was going to go with Brandon Miller going to Charlotte. You know, MJ's last pick, obviously, as an owner for the Charlotte Hornets. And then Scoot Henderson going three to Portland. Joe Cronin, the general manager there, has some big-time decisions to make, right? Uh, obviously, we were talking about this before we came on air. The package deal of Anthony Simon and Scoot Henderson or the third pick got turned down by the Brooklyn Nets for a guy like Mikel Bridges. If you were Joe Cronin, Bobby, what do you do? What I would do is, and I, I heard the press conference last night, I would say to Damian Lillard, this is who we are. We're going to go out and resign Jeremy Grant. We're going to bring back Matisse Dybul. Right now, there's no, nothing on the table trade-wise. And we've got Shaden Sharp, and we've and I actually I liked what Portland did last night. You know, you know, Scoot, you took the best available. Chris Murray, Keegan's brother, yeah, play yeah. win now. Uh, Ryan Rupar from France, who had a first round grade. Like they had three good players here. But I'm uh, but I'm saying to, to Damian Lillard, like this is who we are. 
Like, but are doesn't you, that mean? Isn't it an either or? Do you believe in Scoot as a maybe potential franchise? Will he shoot it well no. enough eventually? And now you got to flip Dame, right? Or you have to look for a trade partner with Scoot. You're going to do both. You're going to try to win a championship with this crew. Well, that's where it comes down to. And I don't know if it's much that Joe Cronin has a decision. I think it's Damian Lillard Damn has it. a decision. Like I've said all along, like Joe Cronin's not going to go into the office today and start calling teams looking for trade suitors. He will if Damian Lillard walks in this morning and says, "Like this is like this is I don't see the path. I don't see how we are going to compete with Denver and um, Phoenix and Golden State and some of these other teams." Because at the end of the day, unless Shaden Sharp takes a big jump and you get a real impact from these these young players, they're still a team that will fight probably for to get into the play-in. Well, Bobby, I mean, Dame is on the record pretty much saying if we are going to go through a rebuild, then I don't want to be here. I mean, pretty much, right? So, but I'm with you. Like, if I'm Joe, I'm like, okay, you have to tell me. Like, I'm just not going to give you up if you're not demanding to be give, given up. No, that's right. I mean, even if he does, I mean, you almost are like in a Kevin Durant situation from last year where yeah. you're not just – just because he comes in and does it doesn't mean you're just – Getting rid of, um, you know, getting, you know, getting rid of them, and I think you're looking probably for the tr- best trade packages out there. Fortunately for Portland, there is no tr- no trade clauses in Bradley Beal, but at the other end, a guy who's been there 12 years, you're not going to ship him to somewhere unless, like, man, what happens if you get a sweetheart deal of like just like four unprotected ones, and it's not from Brooklyn or Miami or one of these other teams? Then that's a decision that front office and that ownership group is going to have to make. Thank you, Bobby. Hold on, Max. Thank you, Bobby. But, but who's Max going to give him argue- that if he doesn't see, want to be there? See, we argued about this all day yesterday, and I told him, I was like, hey, look, you got to give me a list of teams that you potentially want to go to, but at the end of the day, like, I'm just not going to send you to where you want to go. I have to get – Fair or better trade compensation okay, in return this, for you. Watch this. I'm going to hire someone like Bobby Marks as my agent. And if I'm Damian Lillard and he has an agent, and he's going to pick up the phone to whatever team is offering the four unprotected ones and say he's not, he doesn't want to go there. And guess what's going to happen to the four? They're not going to make the offer. Who's going to give that up for a disgruntled superstar, Bobby? No, no that's a, it's, you're, it's a fair point. I think you know, certainly the length of the contract dictates a lot, too. <laughs> if, if he was gone and expiring or one year left – he just signed that extension last offseason. He's got four years four left. Years. Four years. $61 million in that last year. He's not turning down that money. That's, that's a big, that's a big that number. But, da- yeah, but sure. Damien, he's smart. I mean, he made a good point. He said, you know, based on what's, what's on the other side besides Portland, isn't, isn't always going to be great. Yep. Like mm-hmm. considering that what you have to give up probably to, to get him. It's not the Bradley Beal situation where you're giving up six second-round picks and you still have DeAndre Ayton and you can just slide in there. Right. That's, that's the whole thing. If you're going to take that shot, if you're going to spend the equity you've built up as this guy who was loyal to the soil, right? And you're Damian Lillard, you're not going to do that just to marginally improve your chances. You're going to take your swing and say, I can win a championship there. And otherwise, I don't think he asks for it, right? So this requires some kind of uh, backroom talking and negotiating and, and kind of testing the waters first. And if he's being quiet right now, that makes me think he's not hearing what he wants so far. I yeah, guess it is what it is. Speaking of winning a championship, CP3 got traded yesterday to the Golden State Warriors. Washington received Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, uh, a protected 2031st round pick and a 2027 second round pick. What do you think about the move for Golden State? Does this get them closer to a championship or make them further removed? I, I didn't I didn't love it. I mean, it didn't Same. wow me. Um, I just look at Chris Paul at this stage. I think likely he probably comes off the bench. 
Um, you know, maybe playing 25 minutes here. I thought Jordan Poole, I know, you know, everyone was down on him, but if you're going to flip him, maybe for some, maybe multiple players that, you know, maybe balance out your bench a little more. Um, I thought it was more, I thought it was more of a financial decision based on getting rid of Poole's years three and four. And I think that probably helps mm. when it comes to Draymond probably helps when it comes to Clay Thompson, who's extension eligible. Um, so I, I didn't, I mean, they, and they traded their two uh, picks they drafted last year also. <laughs> so I, 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 I didn't love it. I think it would have been interesting if this new collective bargaining wasn't coming in. Would they still have made that trade? Yeah. Well, do you think that they yeah. keep him or let him go now? No, I think his contract's guaranteed fully this year. So um, I think that's the decision. Next year, it's non-guaranteed. $30 million would come off your books. Um, mm. So that's that will be a decision next year. But I think for now, yeah, I think he'll be on this roster. So what, what do you do with a guy like Draymond? Like, you know, Stephen A. was talking about, you know, he was signing for $100 million. I'm like, I, I do not see that being realistic. But – Obviously, with, with Dre's deal, and then Clay is talking about wanting a max deal. How can you afford all these guys, considering your Wiggins contract, considering your you know your Steph contract, and what you're going to do with Dre? Yeah, I, I mean, I would only you know, Curry's got three years left on his contract. All all these new, whether it be Green or Thompson, are aligned with Steph Curry. I'm not I'm not giving contracts past that because I don't know what my roster is going to be. I don't know where Steph Curry will be three years from now. Um, Green, listen, he. He's got tremendous value here. Now, what's the number? Is it thirty million per year? He opted out at twenty-eight. You know, is it is it three for ninety? Is it three for eighty? I think he is a priority because you he walks. There's it's not like you just got a thirty you got a thirty million slot to go get somebody. I mean, you're already over the luxury tax here. Clay, I would be careful with. I mean, four for two ten, I think is his max number. That's yeah, huge. That's a lot. Sixty-one million in the last year. That yeah. is a monster <laughs> number. <laughs> I'm less hesitant to do something right now with Clay. I think Draymond is your, you know, certainly your priority. Okay, before we let you go, you think Kaminga is still very, yeah. very young. And I know it hasn't worked out so far, but he's 20 years old. What about Kaminga? Doesn't it kind of the future for this franchise now at this point sort of not hinge, but is greatly influenced by his development? Yeah, it's, it's funny how things have changed. I mean, Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman were supposed to be the next layer of the next wave of players to come and. You know, it certainly hasn't been pool, certainly, too. That They were supposed to be the replacements eventually for Green and Thompson. And now it, it's taken a back seat. And listen, when you draft in the lottery, three picks in the lottery, you at least got a hit on two of them. And you missed on Wiseman. Kaminga, Kaminga is still, a you know, the jury is still out. And Moody is a, probably a role player right now. Mm, mm, mm. That is Bobby Marks, ESPN, NBA front office insider, foreman. Former Brooklyn Nets executive. Thank you, Bobby. How quickly does a general manager realize they made a mistake? How quickly? No, don't give the answer yet. Summer League. ESPN Radio. (laughs) We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. And we are joined now by our own personal general manager, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider and former NFL executive. He was, he was the GM of what, by Jets standards, must seem like a dynasty. They went to an AFC championship game for crying out loud. Mike Tannenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Mike T? Mike T. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good. Real, real quick, Mike T, it's an ongoing theme here at the show. Do you go to barbecues or cookouts during the summertime? Which one? I'm available for both. You know, I think it's uh, more barbecues in the south. But I'm available for cookouts. It's a little bit like Tannenbaum or Tannenbaum, right? <laughs> what a great answer. I'm available. I'm going to start Me saying too, that. Mike. Me too, Mike. Me too. Available both, for both. All day. Mike, what's the hardest part of drafting? <laughs> It's the intangibles, right? You really want to know what, what these young men are like, be it basketball, football, baseball, whatever it may be. You know, Coach Belichick always said fundamentally the best guys. When you draft a player, the two things they're going to have more at the pro level than the college level is more time and more money. And how are they going to handle those two things? Some are going to thrive and want to get better, and some aren't. So you want to be able to tear these people in half and see what oozes out of them. Are they competitors? Are they selfless? Um what are what's their makeup? Why do they want to be great? Those are the questions that anybody wants to answer before they draft a player. Yo, Mike, have you ever had a player in your tenure in the NFL that was extremely loyal, but it was also almost like a passive-aggressive loyalty, right? Like where you saw him talk, he was like, hey, well, if they're moving in this direction, I don't really want to be here, but I want to be here. Obviously, there's a situation going on with Dame in Portland and they have some decisions to make about whether they want to rebuild or whether they want to build around him now to win now. If you were in that position, how would you handle that relationship in particular? Jay, well, that's a great question because we know he's such a talented player. I would bring him in and bring him closer to the process. When I've hit those bumps in the road, I'd bring in Dana, I'd bring in you know his agent, any other meaningful relative, and say, hey, look, here's where we are. We can move forward together. We can try to bring in another meaningful piece and try to win and compete with the Golden States and the Denvers of the world. Or if that doesn't make sense to you, like tell us. And then we're going to try to maximize, you know, while we want to do what's good for you, we got to do what's best for us as well. So let's just have an earnest conversation. Let's put all the cards on the table and then let's try to move forward shoulder to shoulder and try to do something meaningfully here. Here's our plan. If you have a problem with that, let's talk about it here and then we could adjust accordingly best thing about mike t if he was an nba gm is even if they were capped out you know what he would do jay he would scour he would scour is that right or wrong mike t would you scour the g league scour overseas max it's the same verb if we're at a cookout if we're at a barbecue if we're trying to collect we're going to scour as best we can right scour mike just because i think the similarities are very interesting when you and I, it's unfortunate he's not here today because I would love to hear actually the backstory. But like you and Key, obviously, like you 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 felt the need to make that deal that it worked out for both sides. Did, did Key give you a list of teams like, hey, if I am going to be traded, this is where I would like to be traded? Did you guys have that kind of communication, or was it more so you saying, hey, here are the teams that are giving us the best trade assets in return? Here's what we're thinking about sending, or did you not even have that communication at all? 
Yeah, no, we we did. And I know we've joked a lot about it over the years, but it actually went relatively well just from a standpoint of like, look, there was you know some economic goals that he wanted. We just weren't in the position to do that. We had a new head coach in Al Grow, and um, we were obviously scouring to see what was available. So it was uh, him and his agent, Jerome Stanley, who did a great job. And, uh, you know, as the story goes, we said to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we would like a first-round pick. And Rich McKay, the USC-educated general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said, no, it has to be two first-round picks. Yeah, right. And we were able to get the deal done. Look wow. at that. That's quite a way to um, – what about the ba- basically – so you make a move as a GM. Whether that's drafting a guy we talked about. We've been talking a lot about the Warriors trying to thread the needle the way the Packers did with the young receivers for Aaron Rodgers. Can we bring them along in time that they can help us? Yes, in the future, but also right now. And it was attempted, Bob Myers attempted that in Golden State with Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody, and it didn't quite, even with the Packers, it didn't quite work, right? By the time they were brought along, they lost the last game, and that was it. They didn't make the playoffs. But at what point does a, a GM know he made a mistake, whether that's uh, drafting a guy or signing a guy? Is there some kind of benchmark you're looking for? Yeah, Max, you're asking all the right questions, which is like, how long do you hold on to someone? And you can go back 60, 70 years, you know, guys like Branch, Ricky used to talk about, hey, let's trade a player a little bit too soon than too late, right? I know the Clippers are in the news, like with Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George may want an extension. You know, does, as you mentioned, Golden State keep that nucleus together, try to squeeze out one more championship with Denver coming? And Look, if I'm Golden State with a great coach like Steve Kerr, yeah, I'm going to try to win as many championships with Steph and Clay as I can. And look, with Chris Paul, maybe they can do that now. So I think in those situations, in a perfect world, you're trading a guy sooner rather than later. But if you're in the West and you got to conf- compete with Denver, I could see why Golden State would want to keep those pieces together or why the Clippers would want to keep Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. At least it gives you a chance to win. ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Mike. Mike, yesterday I was on first take uh, going against – why are you laughing? He said Keyshawn, J. Will, and Mike. Oh, I said Mike? Oh, <laughs> and Max, sorry. Uh, All right, guys, I'll uh, be down the block if you need me. <laughs> um, Mike, I, I, was, I, I was on first take yesterday with Lewis Riddick, and we were talking about how loaded the AFC East is, and we were talking about the decision that DeAndre Hopkins – has in front of him with the two teams obviously seem to show a lot of interest, the Tennessee Titans and obviously the the Pats, uh, New England Patriots. And we were talking about like, how much of a difference he can make on that roster with Mac Jones and with their new OC and Bill O'Brien and obviously Bill Belichick. How much would he make the roster better and what would that do to their odds of getting closer to a Super Bowl for the Pats if that were to happen? Yeah, Jim, uh, it was a great discussion you guys had yesterday. And I, I think meaningfully, uh, with DeAndre Hopkins there, now all of a sudden guys like Juju Smith-Schuster becomes a two. They have Devontae Parker. They added Mike Kosecki. Ramadre Stevens to, Stevenson, to me, is a great player. You bring in, as you said, a guy like Bill O'Brien. I think that offense now matches a very good defense that was really emerging a year ago and makes that AFC East even that much more intriguing. Like, which team is the odd team out? Hard to say. Um, and that's why I think it's by far the most competitive division of football without Hopkins and with DeAndre Hopkins. I think New England's going to be really hard to beat. We, we got into this thing, too, about, like, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, and we were comparing that to Tom Brady and his first year, obviously, winning a championship with the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
Do you think when you look at the overall time spent that Tom Brady had in Tampa for those three seasons compared to what Aaron, do you think Aaron could be more successful with the Jets than Tom Brady was with the Bucks? I don't, and here's why. The offensive line, you know, Look, the Gronkowskis of the world, they all got the headlines when Tom went down to Tampa Bay. But that offensive line, starting with Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs was a really young, great offensive lineman. Donovan Smith actually played better. Ali Marpet, they had a great offensive line. I've been around a lot of old quarterbacks from Brett Favre, Jay Cutler, Vinny Testaverde. I worked with Dan Marino in Miami. Those quarterbacks can throw until they go to the grave. It's their feet and their lack of quickness that's going to do them in. And if there's a concern about this jet offense, guys, it's the offensive line, especially at left tackle. Mekhi Becton's played in one game the last two years. Dwayne Brown's going to be 38 years old. He only played in 12 games. So I think the difference between those two teams is the offensive line. Man, when you think of what Tom Brady has done to the NFL, he beats Mahomes in the AFC, young Mahomes in the AFC championship game. He gets by Drew Brees the first year he's in the NFC and Aaron Rodgers and wins the Super Bowl. The, the, the and guys, Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, and then Belichick hasn't been back without him, but he won a Super Bowl year one. And now Aaron Rodgers is with a new team that people are comparing to the Bucks that year. And the standard because of Tom Brady is win the Super Bowl or it's no good. It's unreal. Mike Tannenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Mike Appreciate T. it as always, Mike I'll see T. you at both the barbecue and the cookout, Mike. Yeah, I'm going to see you both. Send the invite. Please send the I'm available for both. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Time to play real or not real. This is guys who should ask for a trade. Nuno. All right, before we get started, I just have a message for Leon Rose. Uh, Leon, <laughs> Worldwide West, Gerson Rose says, like, if you want to wake up and actually join the party, I'll be more than happy to do that. But yes, guys, we're going to play real and not real, guys who should ask for a trade. Wait, so wait, just... no, no, the lack of movement yesterday has you a little bit flustered yeah. this morning? Just, no, I... I'm in a great mood, actually. So, like, so Nuno, ju- I, I just want to get clear what you said. You said if they want to wake up and join the party, you'd be happy to do that. Meaning, also, you would join the party. I mean, yes. Okay. Everyone's at the party. Yes, everyone's at the party. Okay, except for them. Except for them. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Mike. So, T, if they I would wake up and join invite. the party, then you would join the party, and then everyone would be there. Except then they wouldn't be there. Well, yes. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> Let's do this. Guys, enough. real or not real, guys who need to find new parties in new cities. Okay. Uh, Zion, new cities. Zion like Williamson, well, Jay. We shouldn't be going to anymore. Yeah, yeah, new no parties, parties for Zion. No parties for yeah, Zion. Right. Zion. No, 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 no hey, cookouts yep. or barbecues. Spin class, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Real or not real, he should ask for a trip. Bing bong. Yeah, uh, uh, look, it, I'm not saying it's going to happen because I look at it from the front office position. But if you're Zion and if you've been down there and if that's not a place that you like, I'm okay with people stating their facts. If you, I don't want to be here, then state that. And I think for Zion, I'm not sure Zion actually wants to be in New Orleans. He's always going to try to do and say the right thing. But like I try to tell people, you, you can't please everybody in this world. The, the one thing you can do is you can say your truth for what you want and stand on it. Mm-hmm. Uh he should ask for a trade if he's not communicating with the franchise, if he's not, you know, if he's not motivated to play there. I think he has to find the right situation. I think I know what you say about, well, it's not, it's not going to be enough for Dame. I think it's a hell of a start for Damian Lillard. And if Damian Lillard stays put in Portland, I would love to see him with Zion Williamson. All right, next one up, and he's been in the news the last couple of days. Paul George, real or not real, Jay, he should ask for a trade. I would ask for a trade if I were Paul George, and I, I think the Clippers have a chance to be good. But like I said before, you've heard me say it today. Today is a date of June 23rd, 2023. You will not see me put the Clippers from this point moving forward in any of my preseason rankings or rankings at all until Kawhi Leonard is off the team, I don't know what I'm going to get. Mm. I, I know what kind of player he is when he's healthy and on the court. But there are certain players now that I get weary if I were a free agent or a player to attach my career to. And you have to have that concern if you have a chance to attach your career to Kawhi Leonard. He's special talent when he's available, but I don't know when that time is going to be. Well, apparently he feels great now. He's got the, the procedure on I the knee. I don't care and- how you feel now. It's June. I care how you feel when the season starts, and I care how you feel when we get to the playoffs. And Paul George has also been hurt a bunch. And when he has gotten, the deeper he's gotten in the playoffs, even when he's had good games, he's come up small in the moment of truth. I, 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 don't, I take no pleasure in saying that. I like him a lot as a player. But, you know, it, when you have limited opportunities because of circumstances uh, compared to some other superstars, and if he's not one, he's the next thing to it at, in terms of his level of play. Um, you got to make the most of it. He has not. That's he has not made the most of it. Let's be honest. All right, Jay. Um, this one might hurt a I little. Mean, make the most of his win. Cha- like, so winning or, a no, chip. But, no, but so there Charles was those games against most, Denver. That, Charles, I agree. That he, same team, yeah, the I, Lakers, I in, I, came back on the Clippers. In the bubble. Once okay, again, it, it during a pandemic. Once again, like. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear how you're making that a point that you're holding against him. And it was a small moment. There's a lot of stuff going on during that time. A lot of stuff going on. I, I still think Paul George is one of the most underrated players in the game of basketball. And I, I, there's oh, a I lot said, of players. If he's not a superstar. He's, his win. level of play is the next thing to it. Do you think it is superstar I level? Think, I think, he or damn, the next I think thing he's to damn near right there. It, right. Damn near right there. It, some years, maybe. Is he top five? Right. Something like that. Some years. Anyway. No, no. All right, Zach Levine, Jay, real or not real, he should ask for a trade. I, I, I do not trust Bulls management. Um, like, and, and like I said before, I'd much rather tear it down and rebuild it instead of just being in this position of mediocrity. 
So, yeah, I would if I were Zach Levine. And Zach Levine is part of Clutch Sports with Rich Paul. And that's why they are already putting feelers out there to see how Zach Levine could get to certain locations. Uh, you heard them turn down the opportunity potentially to be with the New York Knicks, your teams like the Lakers. But, yeah, I, I would try to move out of Chicago. And I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. And people in Chicago got to know that I want Chicago to be one of the best teams in the league each and every year. It just I, I can't watch mediocrity anymore. I, I would love to see Zach Levine as the third best player on a team. Because the things he does the things he does well, he does incredibly I think Zach Levine can be the second best player. I know team. he can maybe he can be the second best player on a championship team, maybe, but what I'm saying is if he could just be the third best and you don't have to oh my god, because he can shoot and finish like it's nobody's business and would be so complimentary to so many teams as the second best player, I think that first best player needs to be a whole lot. And I'm just looking at, I'm not saying that he's not better than some of these guys, but like Porzingis I love is now in, in Boston. I want to see what he looks like as a third best player. Same thing, Aaron Gordon, you see him in Denver. You saw Iguodala as like the fourth best player in Golden State. Ooh, that looked good. I'd love to see Zach Levine as the third best player on a team. All right, Jay, we're going to go to Atlanta. Real or not Ooh. real, Trey Young should ask for a trade. Not real. Yeah, one year with Quinn Snyder. I think the offense got better. You obviously have DeJounte Murray. I think they're trying to make moves. It, 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 now, you can flip it around and say, should the Atlanta Hawks move on from Trey Young? But I don't think Trey Young should move on from the Atlanta Hawks and ask for a trade. I, I think the si- system is built around him. And I think Quentin, Quinn Snyder is a player's coach that will only try to advance and increase how Trey Young is seen throughout the course of the league. Yeah, I was going to say um, should, real. He should ask for a trade, but your description convinced me. It's They should want to move him. He should not want to move on from them. That's right. All right, last one, Jay. Uh, real or not real, Carl Anthony Towns should ask for a trade. No, I, I, it's similar to Trey Young, whether Minnesota deems, considering with two bigs, what choice they're going to make between Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. But like, I'm not trying to move away from Anthony Edwards, Joe. That, that, that dude is special. And if Cat ever figured it out on the defensive end and it played with that same intensity that, that is on the offensive end, I like that combination. Once again, I would flip it. The question is, should Minnesota want to move on from Cat? But Cat should not want to move on from Minnesota. This time, I think it's real he should. And I, I appreciate the Anthony Edwards point, who, by the way, was doing that, this on This Just In yesterday, 2 p.m. Eastern, handsome host, ESPN. Uh, Anthony Edwards has a chance to be a face of the league, right? When you think about the position he plays, the whole thing, he's a, he's a, he can be a great, great player. I think Cat would, would do well with a change of scenery on a more veteran team who needs that one piece, and he gets folded into the culture there. I'd like to see that. Uh-oh, guess who he's represented by? CAA. Oh, team New York. Keyshawn J. Will and Max are the Warriors. What are they now that they added CD3? ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.